You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Now we know why the Justice Department fought so incredibly hard to suppress what is in the Nashville Shooters Manifesto. The woman who transitioned to a man who went in and shot those little children and teachers. F you, little shills. I wish to shoot you, weak ass. And it goes on from there. Your yellow hair. Kill all of you little crackers. Bunch of little faggots with your white privilege. F you. Read it for yourself. See more of the pages right now at Infowars.com. And Stephen Crowder, who broke it, is covering it all live on his show as we speak at JonesCrowder.com. That's why they're trying to suppress this. This is another one of the monsters that the leftist brainwashing cult and the universities and the MSM have created. news today ladies and gentlemen alex jones here with breaking news that the power structure and the justice department has tried to suppress the nashville shooter the trans woman demand who went into the little christian school and shot those little kids and shot those teachers the manifesto was suppressed when it happened and we now have confirmed from insiders It was the Justice Department suppressing it. So the local government is upset about this, the police department, and from sources inside the system, we'll leave it at that, they have leaked to Stephen Crowder and his investigative unit. They have leaked to them the first three pages of the document where she talks about wokeness and hating white privilege and all the rest of it. This is being done to then pressure the government itself to officially, of Nashville, release the manifesto, because it's reportedly huge, and see how this monster was brainwashed and poisoned by leftist propaganda. Reportedly from the sources, she was a total brainwashed leftist on a bunch of psychotropics that love BLM, you name it. Stephen Crowder has the first tranche. We're told more is going to be coming. It's exclusively at jonescrowder.com. If you go there, you can go and become a subscriber and see all of Steven Crowder's shows, all his material, all his info. Now, he's already put out the pages, but if you want the analysis and more breakdown, that's over at the Mug Club and over uh, at the great folks at Rumble. He also is going to be posting it to YouTube as well. But if you want to support the broadcast and become a subscriber and also support what we're doing, go to jonescrowder.com and sign up to get my show over at the Mug Club, Steven Crowder's, the Hodge Twins, and so much more. But this is big. The system is trying to suppress it. And they're going to be very, very upset that this has now come out because it flies in the face of their narrative and shows how the anti-white brainwashing leftist Marxist agenda is creating these type of poison minds. Again, it's all right now at Infowars.com and, of course, at JonesCrowder.com. Stephen Crowder is going to be covering it all live coming up in less than an hour. Read the first three sickening pages of the manifesto for yourself at Infowars.com and at LowerWithCrowder.com. 
Read it for yourself. It's literally Charlie Manson race war. Kill the whitey. Kill the little blonde-haired children. Kill the effing crackers. Kill the white privilege. That's what this monster was saying, and it was suppressed. But every time it's a right-winger doing something wrong or someone who isn't even close to being a right-winger, the mainstream media tells you that all these Antifa shooters and Satanist shooters and SSRI psycho shooters are right-wingers or populist or Trump supporters. And in almost every case, they're either apolitical or they're into Satanism or Antifa. And this is the toxic media. This is the division, the divide and conquer being engaged in. More in the hours and days to come, but this is a story of the establishment trying to suppress the truth because the good people on the inside were now learning that truth. Infowars.com stands for truth. Tomorrow's news today. news today the program leftists failed to silence it's the alex jones show ezra levant in the chair for alex jones i'm the president of rebel news i'm based in toronto canada I have a kinship with InfoWars in that InfoWars knew before almost anyone else did that there is a battle on for your mind and that the real war is often not kinetic, not aircraft carriers or rockets, but an intellectual battle, a propaganda battle. And we see that now more than ever. What incredible coverage this morning from the Jones-Crowder duo of that Nashville shooter's manifesto. No wonder it was covered up. Do you doubt for one second if those words were instead something that could be ascribed to conservatives, that would have been released immediately. An incredible scoop there. I was asked by Alex's team to guest host today. It's an honor and a responsibility, an enormous forum. I'm going to talk about issues that I think are important to Americans and to the world. And then for the third hour, I'm going to do something a little bit different. As I mentioned before, Rebel News, although we have viewers around the world, we are based in Canada. And normally, Canada is a boring subject for Americans, and frankly, Canadians have liked it that way. Canada, as one diplomat once said, is a fireproof house far away from inflammable material. Well, that is no longer true, and I want to tell you some stories about Canada, including about political prisoners, including about the trucker convoy, including about Justin Trudeau, who is the ultimate World Economic Forum globalist. We'll have proof of all these things. I'll give you an update Call it a cautionary tale. I think that Americans know that they are the home of liberty. And maybe it's hard to imagine, well, how could that ever end? Surely it'll go on forever. Well, I think if you look at Canada and if you look at the United Kingdom, you will see how these things are eroded. But let's get back to the news today. Over the weekend, the most interesting story, in fact, it was published yesterday in the New York Times of all places, and I like quoting the New York Times when it is bad news for the liberals because that's a dog bites man 
man bites dog story. You'd expect the New York Times to have bad news for Donald Trump and good news for Joe Biden. So when they have a story that shows, as they did in this blockbuster, that Donald Trump is leading in five battleground states, put up the bar charts because those glorious colors tell the tale. The New York Times shows that Donald Trump is ahead in five of six swing states. He's ahead even though he is not the nominee yet for the Republicans. He's ahead even though every week there's another hoax prosecution of him. In Nevada, Biden 41%, Trump 52%. In Georgia, Biden 43%, Trump 49%. In Arizona, Biden 44, Trump 49%. And on in Michigan, Biden 43, Trump 48. Pennsylvania, Biden 44, Trump 48%. Only in Wisconsin does Trump trail by 2%. Many of these margins are greater than the margin of lawyer, maybe even greater than the margin of mail-in ballots. And I say this because... You prosecute a guy, you indict a guy, you burn up his time and money and his attention. The process becomes the punishment. You denormalize him, you defame him, and he is still ahead of the sitting president of the United States who is the entire regime media on his side. How is that even possible? And so here come the big guns in the Democrat Party who know something has to change. Did you see this? Team Obama has deployed... To remove Joe Biden, Obama's vice president, I don't know if you saw that David Axelrod, the chair of Obama's breakthrough campaign in 2008, Axelrod has come out publicly saying Biden's got to go. Here's the New York Post version of that story. Top Dem strategist David Axelrod suggests Biden drop out of the 2024 race. It's just a suggestion. Oh, it's not a command or an order. No, no, no. It's just a suggestion. But what it is actually, not so much a suggestion, is it's a permission. It's permission for every other Democrat to say Joe's got to go. If the high priest of the Obama world says he's got to go, then it's okay. You, you will not be regarded as a traitor to the party. In fact, you're doing the party a favor. Obama himself, I mean, he's been fairly quiet the past few years as a former president, which I think is the way former presidents ought to be. I think there's something unseemly about a president who weighs in too much uh, when there's a successor there. I mean, ex-presidents, that's time to be stately and, and to work on your memoirs and do good projects. But for Obama himself to weigh in with a different message than Biden. The other day, Obama was talking about the war between Israel and Hamas, and he mouthed some Democrat platitudes, but he came out with a bit of a different stance than Biden himself, a little bit more pro-Hamas, a little bit less pro-Israel. His way of poking at Biden, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think they want to move Biden out, and the question is, who do they put in? Surely not, surely not Kamala Harris, perhaps the most unlikable woman in American politics. But look at who was facilitated by 
the State Department to meet with Xi Jinping, the president of China. That doesn't just happen. You're an American citizen. You're a sitting U.S. governor. You can't just pick up the phone and say, I'd like to meet with the president of China. That is done with diplomatic uh, smoothing. And Gavin Newsom, the California governor, jets to China for a one-on-one meeting with Xi Jinping. You think that's easy to do? Look at that. Look at that handshake. Look at the kinship between these two men. And there you have your successor to Joe Biden. But here's the thing. That New York Times poll suggests that no matter what they do to Trump, he still, if the elections have integrity, he still will win. Which is why I am worried about what they might do next. If you defame a man, if you lie about him, if you undermine him, if you prosecute him and indict him, and frankly, even if they jail him, really, there's, there's, there's no one out there who will be persuaded by one more indictment. And even if he's jailed, I, I actually don't think that will shake Trump's support. If anything, it will confirm the rationale for his current, uh, current support, that the deep state is out to get him, that this is a weaponization of the justice system. And so I ask you, if people are willing to go to the lengths that they've gone to dethrone Trump and to prosecute him, And if he still remains in the lead in five out of six battleground states, according to the New York Times, no less, I suppose the real numbers are probably even tougher for Biden. Well, there is one last thing they could do. And I'm not saying it's likely, and I'm not saying it will happen, but it is a non-zero chance. Do you have that clip? From, I think it was the 2016 campaign when Trump was on the hustings. And suddenly someone rushed towards Trump and the Secret Service kicked in. Do you have that clip? It's just a short clip. It was a clip of panic, and it was a false alarm. But let's take a look. I, I sent the YouTube clip over. What could they do? Take a look at this. We'll get the clip when we when we come back. I'm worried the people who've done everything else in the world are not above an assassination. We'll come back in a few minutes. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock. Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. 
Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Please uh, remember, we are listener-supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs. That is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver Bullet, back in stock, discounted, Store. Com, and we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible fast-acting nootropic back in stock. 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. 888-253-3139. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Welcome back. I'm not predicting that Trump will be assassinated, God forbid. I have no basis for that. I'm not even saying it's likely or probable. But I am saying if you do anything and everything, and if the stakes couldn't be bigger, the future not just of America, but the future of the world, what else hangs on? the 2024 presidential election. Ukraine, Israel, Iran, Russia, China. What could be larger? And if the deep state or the establishment or the regime or the administration or the security infrastructure, whatever word you want to use, if they have tried every single thing, if they've weaponized the Department of Justice, if they have thrown junk lawsuits and lawfare at him to burn up his time and money and reputation. And if that doesn't work, do you think that there are some people, whether it's in the security uh, military establishment, as Dwight D. Eisenhower called it, the military-industrial complex, do you doubt that there is someone somewhere who would say, well, take him out physically? There were a couple of instances some years ago where people rushed the stage. Thank God no guns were shot. Remember, this is the the clip I was referring to just before the break. And people mocked Trump for the fact that he startled a bit. Um, But there can be no doubt that presidential candidates are at risk. You see this with the Biden administration refusing to provide Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., despite the fact that his father and his uncle were both assassinated, and the fact that there has been armed criminals breaking into his property, sneaking into his events, Biden administration refuses to provide Secret Service protection for him, and it's an enormous cost on the RFK Jr. campaign. I mean, take a look at this video, and I'm saying it only to tell you that it is not 
impossible. Take a look. So, so folks, so folks, here's what happens. I will call up Terry, the president. I guess I have to do it myself, but I know it's oh, not. Oh, oh, oh. By the way, folks, while we're at it, great. I remember when those videos happened. I remember the mockery on the left. (laughs) Ha ha, such a tough guy. Look at him run. Look at me escorted out. If Secret Service are rushing you out, you have no idea what their intel is. You have no idea if there's a gun, if it's a knife, if it's just a disturbance, or if it's something more. Those were two incidents back, I guess, seven years ago. And You've got to think about the forces arrayed against the man, and if nothing else works, and don't think that this isn't done. I don't know if you remember, but Yair Bolsonaro, the president, the past president of Brazil, was literally stabbed. He was in the streets with fans, and someone came up and put a knife right into his abdomen. He lost a third of his body's blood. He would have died had he gotten to the hospital any later. And he was a very consequential president. And there was a lot of shenanigans uh, in his re-election that I think deposed him again. Um, Imagine what turns on that. Trillions of dollars. The futures of great empires or would-be empires. And the reason I mention that is because, yeah, here's this is a shocking video. Bolsonaro was thronged by fans, and someone just came up and just put a knife into him. Thank God he survived. But that is, at the end of the day, the ultimate political move. God forbid. God forbid. And and it happens fairly frequently. Well, not fairly frequently, but enough that if you Google assassination of leaders, I mean, there was an assassination just a few years ago in Central America. And I'm worried about that because we've never seen forces go to the lengths that they have against Donald Trump before, and yet it's ineffective. That New York Times poll shows it's ineffective. And if they will do literally anything else, would they not do that? Look at that. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. That's that's terrifying to watch. Absolutely shocking to watch. It's not just the New York Times that senses that Biden is on his way out and David Axelrod and Barack Obama and Xi Jinping. An amazing story over the weekend by NBC about the United States, well, basically telling Zelensky that they've got a change in plans. This is the same president and State Department that has positively said A ceasefire was unthinkable. I don't know if you have that clip from Kirby, the White House spokesman, 
when he was on a show a few months ago, asked about a ceasefire, and he said, absolutely no ceasefire, because that would lock in the gains that Russia had taken militarily. Very different from calls from Democrats to demand a ceasefire from Israel in the face of Hamas, I might tell you. But look at this story by NBC. Just you, you would never have seen this until, well, it's just very new. The NBC, U.S. European officials broach topic of peace negotiations with Ukraine. Sources say that conversations have included very broad outlines of what Ukraine might need to give up to reach a deal with Russia. So this is the U.S. saying to Zelensky, you're going to have to give up. The blank check is over. Why is that? Is it because America is stretched too thin economically? There's a new front opening up, perhaps in the Middle East, two aircraft carriers, the Eisenhower and the Gerald Ford, the largest warship ever built. More assets moving into place. I understand a, a, a submarine has been dispatched. You know, when Zelensky ran for president, he ran on a peace ticket. It was America and the Brits who turned him into a hardliner. And now they're saying, well, I think you've got to get prepared to negotiate and give things away. Before we go, let me show you what Zelensky did in reply. Just incredible. What did he do? He reached out to Donald Trump. Zelensky, in reaction, said, hey, Donald Trump, I'd like you to come to Ukraine and meet with me and let me show you around. How undiplomatic is that? How incredible is that? Zelensky knows who may well be president in a year or so. How incredible that is. Biden and Blinken and the others who have been his patrons. And now Zelensky asks to meet with Trump. Take a short break. We'll see you soon. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12 Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now, get your Ultra 12 and other great products, and for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. On March 20th, 2003, the United States invaded Iraq. Exactly one year before the invasion, Alex Jones predicted it. So now everybody's going, wow, it really was the Iraqis. That's just because they're getting ready to invade Iraq. What a beautiful setup. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. 
think about how unusual it is for Vladimir Zelensky, who has been in lockstep with the U.S. administration, who has been close to Biden and Blinken and the Pentagon, and Boris Johnson, who has been a kind of emissary on behalf of the Brits, even though he's no longer the prime minister there, for him to reach out to Donald Trump, partly to scoff at Trump, who thinks that, uh, who said he could solve the war in 24 hours, but for Zelensky to invite Trump to go to Ukraine, maybe it was an unserious or bad faith invitation. But I think it's a sign that Zelensky understands the ground is shifting. I think that NBC story is accurate. I think the, the, the U.S., for financial reasons, for political reasons, perhaps because of the new Speaker of the House, I think there's a fatigue setting in. And I think America is more attentive to Israel and the Middle East now. And the idea of a two- or three-front war is just too burdensome. And they're basically saying to Zelensky, wrap it up. Let's play the clip of him inviting Trump. Trump politely declined. He, He didn't say, yeah, I'll be right there. But neither did he slam the door. I think Trump is starting to sound a little bit presidential on how he actually would get it done. Here, let's take a look at Zelensky saying to Trump, come around here, which is, I just think of how unusual that is. Your, your source of financial and military support is the Democratic administration, and yet you reach out to the Republican, the most hated Republican in the eyes of your benefactors, and you say, hey, come to Kiev, let's talk. Here's the clip of Zelensky. Trump. Former President Trump said that about 24 hours that he can manage it and finish the war. For me, uh, what can I say? So he's very welcome, first of all. President Biden was here and he, I think he understood some details, which you can understand only being here. So I invite President Trump, if he can come here, I will need 24 minutes Yes, 24 minutes, not more. Yes, not more, 24 minutes to explain President Trump that he can't manage this war. He can't bring peace because of the Putin. If, but always we have if. If he's not trying and if he's not ready to give our territory uh, for this terrible man for, 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 for the Putin. If. Huh. Maybe it's a bad faith. Maybe it was a rhetorical or sarcastic invitation, but it was an invitation nonetheless. And imagine if Trump had taken him up on it. But I think there's a realization that the status quo for the last year and a half in Ukraine is untenable for political reasons, for economic reasons. If you look at poll after poll, the American public is no longer as supportive. And I think Zelensky knows it, that NBC scoop shows it. It shows that the U.S. administration, which was adamant against ceasefires, which was really calling the shots, is now suggesting it. And maybe Zelensky is, is thinking about how a settlement would go. I, I just want to contrast that NBC story with the hard line that the U.S. administration took just a few months ago. Do you have that clip of, of Kirby, the, the spokesman for the administration, just so adamant that not one acre of Ukrainian land be left with the Russians. So no ceasefire ever. Take a look at this. 
keep repeating something, but I just want to be fully clear that so when the president said last night that he convinced Prime Minister Netanyahu to do a ceasefire, he was referring to the two Americans that got out. But Israel has never acknowledged that they paused. So can you give us a better understanding of what exactly was paused? And if the understanding is that for every sort of hostage release, there would be a pause. I'm not going to go into more detail than uh, what we've already put out there publicly. Uh, we were able to help negotiate the release of those two Americans, uh, and that's a good thing. And uh, in order to be able to get folks out, you got to make sure they can do it safely. And that's what the president was referring to. Kirby has said that there will be no ceasefire in Ukraine, although he has suggested a ceasefire for Israel's response to Hamas, which I find curious. What's the theme that stitches these together? The New York Times panicking that Trump is in the lead. David Axelrod and Barack Obama signaling to Democrats that it is okay to get rid of Biden. That is not being disloyal to the Democratic Party. Gavin Newsom going to China, which you can't just do by going on Expedia and booking. That requires the consent and assistance of the U.S. State Department. What about the fact that the U.S. is now saying to Zelensky, prepare to wrap it up, prepare to put some water in your wine. We are going to negotiate a settlement. I think this means things are afoot, and I think it means that this presidential election could perhaps be the most consequential in, in a generation or two. But I think the real problem for America and the West is not Ukraine, and it's not even the war between Israel and Hamas. I think it is related to those things, but I think it's on the domestic front. I I was in the United Kingdom a few days ago when there was a 100,000-person march for Hamas, and I'm saying it was for Hamas because some of the signs positively were for Hamas. I saw with my own eyes Taliban flags and Islamic Jihad flags being flown flown on the streets of London, not just generic Palestinian flags. I saw a chance for intifada revolution. Well, that's what they're doing over there. Intifada means a kind of riot. It actually implies a pogrom against Jews or Israelis. The 100,000 people who were marching in the streets of London, they're not in Gaza. They're not in the West Bank. They're not in Israel. They're in London. And we saw a taste of that just the other day in Washington, D.C., when tens of thousands of people showed up And they actually had a violent insurrection, as the Democrats would call it, and tried to scale the fence around the White House. Look at this footage. Now, I I should say that Washington is a protest town. And this isn't unprecedented, but it is a show of force. Just like in London, where all the socialists and the labor activists and, and the trade unionists pumped up the numbers, but it is a powerful force combined with woke left-wing students and woke institutions. This is a sped-up version of the protest in Washington. The number one difference between this and what I saw in London is there were literally thousands of Palestinian flags in London, and there's relatively few here in Washington. But let me show you the image of when they got to the White House. Here it is. And they put up posters and they put up flags. And I don't think they actually climbed over. They put some flags through it. 
But they certainly chanted about their plans. I don't know if the White House was on some sort of special alert or if they could have withstood an attack. I have no idea the kind of defenses that the White House physically has. You can see some police on the ground. But I think what we're seeing is a kind of dress rehearsal, a LARPing, a live-action role-playing of storming the White House. No charges here that I know of. And that's what I want to talk about more than a war overseas. I want to talk about the unholy coalition between Islamists and domestic woke activists, the progressive left. I'm much more worried about that home front than I am about any foreign war. We'll talk about that in a moment. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Please uh, remember, we are listener-supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs. That is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver Bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. Com, and we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible fast-acting nootropic back in stock. 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. 888-253-3139. You're listening to the Alex Jones Show. Ezra Levant here from Rebel News, doing my best to sit in the chair occupied by a legend. Uh, Alex Jones is not here. He invited me to sit in. I hope I'm living up to the standards of this network pleasure to talk with you about matters around the world. I suppose I'm giving you a Canadian view on Donald Trump. The whole world looks to Trump. I remember when Donald Trump first visited China. And of course, Donald Trump ran, in essence, against China. 
He took a tough stance on China economically, militarily, so many things. But when he touched down, and again, this is a New York Times story, and I, and I mention that only because if they are saying it, you know it's even more than that. You can find it quickly. Look at the New York Times when they talked about how he was greeted in China. They gave him a nickname. There's a lot of nicknames in China for political leaders around the world. And the nicknames they gave for Trump were Uncle Donald, which was a term of endearment, Uncle Donald, and Donald the Strong. Donald the Strong. The New York Times couldn't believe that China, against whom Trump had antagonized and criticized and stood up to, rather than shunning him and belittling him or avoiding him or pushing him out, they actually respected him and looked up to him and treated him regally. And I think that's how a lot of people around the world, and, and so I mention that because I mentioned Taiwan and I mentioned Ukraine and I mentioned the war in the Middle East, and everyone knows, including the Democrats, that if Trump were the president, this madness around the world would not be happening. And Zelensky does know in his bones, as Putin surely does too, that if Trump were the president again, of course he would end that war in 24 hours. Of course he would. He's a deal maker in essence, but more than that, Donald the Strong. You don't trifle with Donald the Strong. What would Joe Biden's nickname be if the Chinese were speaking honestly? Joe the Strong? It wouldn't even mean Grandpa Joe. It would be Great Grandpa Joe. Joe the Sleepy? And I'm afraid the world is burning because of it. I mentioned I was in the UK the other day. Just absolute scenes of chaos, out of control. 100,000 marchers chanting calls to violence, many of them. Uh absolutely desecrating British symbols, whether it was statues or the war memorial for the dead. It's Remembrance Day, which is their Memorial Day next Saturday. And, I mean, look, absolutely, this is Trafalgar Square in the heart of London. They were shooting firecrackers at police just firecrackers, and the police were scared to do anything in return because the police were outnumbered 10 to 1, 100 to 1. There were 40,000 jihadis in the streets of London. And here's my point. I'm not talking about aircraft carriers overseas. I'm not talking about troops and boots on the ground because the front line in this battle is not just an overseas kinetic war. It is a, a threat domestically. This is a crazy scene on the streets of London. There's a McDonald's there. And for some reason, the Palestinian protesters have decided that McDonald's is evil. I don't even understand it. And, and there was practically a riot. Now, who cares about McDonald's? But my point is you have an unguarded southern border in the United States of America. And think about it for a minute. Put yourself in the shoes of Iran. This terrible terrorist attack on Israel on October 7th was funded and trained and orchestrated by Iran, but it was not done by Iran. Iran did not attack the Israeli military directly. Why would they do something like that? Because the response from the Israeli military would be punishing and devastating to Iran. Instead, they used proxies. They used sock puppets, so to speak, horrific 
terrible sock puppets in the form of Hamas terrorists and Hezbollah terrorists. If Iran were to start a military action against the United States, do you think that they would attack the Gerald Ford with Iranian aircraft or missiles? Of course not. They would be thumped by the United States, which is still a mighty military. If Iran wanted to devastate the United States, they would not come in the front door. They would not announce themselves. They would not attack American ships that way. They would come in the southern border. It was the it was the broken border between Gaza and Israel that led to the horrors of October 7th. And I put it to you, it is the broken border on the U.S. south with Mexico. And it's not just Mexico. Most of the people crossing over are just economic opportunists, people who genuinely want to get to a place that's freer and richer. But don't you think that the same Ayatollahs that orchestrated the weapons, the homemade weapons and the tunneling and the sleeper cells in Gaza, do you doubt that they would look at that southern border as a similar opportunity to strike the great Satan? They got the little Satan, as they call Israel, pretty good on October 7th. Do you doubt that they would do and are doing the same thing in the United States, coming in, scouting out the soft targets? And do you doubt that they will be assisted by many woke Americans who believe in anything to smash the system. That's my real worry. It's good to be worried about what's going on in Ukraine or Israel or Taiwan, sure. But the real threat is to America is not over there. The threat is what has come through that southern border and what is being planned with the blind eye being turned to it by the administration. Hey, let me take a moment. I'm not very good at this part, but I do know that like Rebel News, like other independent journalists, InfoWars has been demonetized and deplatformed because it's not in rhetorical lockstep with the regime media. In fact, it's a critical media that criticizes the establishment. And so, of course, as you know, InfoWars has to pay the bills around here another way, and that way is the InfoWars store. And I was just told that they've got a 40% off sale right now at InfoWarsStore.com. They also have water filters. These are things that I think you buy them because you want them for yourself, but you also buy them because they're an ethical purchase in that they're supporting independent journalism that the authorities that the regime just despises. InfoWarsStore.com. I want to take some calls. I want to open up the phone lines because I've said a few things I'd like your feedback on. I would like to hear from InfoWars Nation. I would like to hear if you think I got it wrong or if I got it right. The phone number to dial is one 789 alex and I'll take your calls. How do you handle the domestic front? How do you handle the folks who were marching through the streets of London, through the streets of Washington, in my country, in Toronto, who were calling for a violent uprising. That is what an intifada revolution is. That's one of their chants. They call for an intifada revolution. How do you handle people calling for death to the Jews? I mean, when it was a couple of hundred guys with tiki torches in Charlottesville, Virginia, they weren't actually calling for the Jews. They were, they were chanting anti-Semitic things, but they actually weren't calling, they weren't saying, death to the Jews, let's kill the Jews. They were saying anti-Semitic things, absolutely. 
and the national media at a five alarm fire. What do you do when you have 100,000 people marching through Washington, D.C., who actually are calling for death to the Jews? Maybe they say it in Arabic. Maybe they, they say it in slightly coded language like Intifada Revolution. That is the final solution. They're even echoing the language of Hitler. Where are the reactions from all the hate speech guardians? Where are the folks who are so worried about trigger words and safe spaces and microaggressions? They'll hunt for anti-Semitism in the hand symbol and say, aha, that's a a Nazi there. But when you have actual swastika flags being flown alongside Taliban flags and Islamic State flags, where are they now? And this is a conundrum for freedom-oriented people as well because our belief in freedom, whether it's the American First Amendment or our belief in freedom in the United Kingdom or Canada, means you have to have freedom of speech even for odious ideas. Freedom of speech is the gift you have to give to your opponent if you want it for yourself. So how does that handle people in our own country who despise our freedoms and want to destroy them and who are on the march to do so, aided by domestic radicals on the left? When I was at the 100,000-person march for Palestine in the UK a few days ago, I'd say it was about 70% Muslims, many of whom were foreigners, some of whom were born in the UK. I'd say it was about 10% young, woke people, and I'd say it was about 20% old socialists. So there are some native Brits, but there's a lot of folks who come over who come from cultures that violence is part of how they solve problems. I'd like your calls. Give me a call. one 789 That's one 789 alex We'll take your calls after the break. How do you handle Nazi-style Hamas supporters on the streets of America while still respecting the First Amendment? I've got an idea. We'll talk to you soon. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products and for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. How do you square that circle? Land of the free, home of the brave, freedom of speech, the right to say things someone doesn't want to hear. That's so important. It's the First Amendment. But what if it's someone who is calling for the destruction of your own country and not just calling for it in the abstraction? They wear a mask. They try to break into the White House, perhaps not as seriously as one might think they would, 
They wear a mask. They call for death to the Jews. They call for intifada revolution. By the way, Hamas is not just against Jews. They're against Christians. They're against infidels. They want a global caliphate. And some of the flags these folks are flying say the same thing. At what point in time is it no longer, is the pith and substance of what they're doing no longer speech, but, I don't know, supporting terrorism? In Canada, we have laws against supporting a terrorist group. They break that into four different things. Participation, instruction, harboring terrorism, or um, uh, facilitating terrorism. So if you just say, I like a terrorist group, that's not against the law in Canada. But if you participate, instruct, harbor, or facilitate, that is material help. Are these people in the United States, 100,000 of marched through Washington, I think it was a little bit less. I think most of them were just expressing themselves. But are there people who are, for example, taking orders from a terrorist group? Ron DeSantis did something interesting the other day. He stripped two clubs from Florida State Universities, not for anti-Semitism, which I imagine is protected by the First Amendment, but rather for expressly saying they were going to participate in a terrorist movement. They had a toolkit for helping Hamas. Ron DeSantis said that's not a First Amendment issue. That is against the law. He cited the law and stripped two clubs of their status If someone is a foreign national here, does that make a difference? Let me me make my point more clear. If you're an American and you say, I like Hamas, that's one thing. If you're an American and say, I like Hamas, I want to help them, that's another thing. Are you aiding the terrorist group? But what if you are in the United States or Canada or the United Kingdom as a guest? What if you're a foreign national and you're only here because... We invited you to attend our universities. You have a student visa. You're not an American citizen or Canadian citizen or British citizen. You are a guest in our house, and we are doing you the great favor of letting you learn at our universities. And that is the reason you're here. But instead of studying, you're going to these Hamas hate marches. I'm sorry, they are hate marches. They're calling for intifada revolution. Sometimes in Arabic, they they talk about Kaibar, Kaibar, uh, Yahud, kill the Jews. All right, is it a little bit different if you're at a rally, you're not a citizen, you're here as a temporary guest? Look at this young woman. That's our reporter, David Menzies, on the streets of Mississauga. She's got M16. I think those are, I'm not sure which weapons. She's got machine gun earrings and a shirt, which we translated, which is never give up your gun. But she's not a Second Amendment activist. In fact, if you play that clip, she's basically saying, I do not renounce Hamas. I support everything they did. Everything that they did was justified. Uh, and by the way, what you're saying they did is a lie. Hey, play a clip of this, this young woman. By the, she's a very attractive, presentable young woman. Her English is perfect. I'm not sure if she was born in Canada. What do you do with someone like this? Play the clip. Hamas is not a terrorist group. Oh, it isn't, ma'am. First of all, Hamas is not okay. a terrorist group. Hamas is not a terrorist group. What is it, like a motorcycle a club? Or? It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years of colonialism, of occupation, of murder, of rape, of little children, of women. That's what they are. They are resistance. Do you think Canada is a colonialist country too? Everything that they do is justified. Including what happened last week? Every single thing they have done is justified. Ma'am, there were children murdered. There were babies beheaded. Babies beheaded, really. Please educate yourself. Please, Please check the news. Okay. Because as, as a news reporter, you've got to check the f- 
fucking me? I mean, other Multiple than what she's times. saying, she seems lovely. I mean, she worked in a normal store. I, I don't know if she's Canadian or not, but and I don't and she didn't even go as far as some others did. You have people Alex Jones Show, because there is a war on for your mind. That truck, do you see that truck? If you support terrorism and you are not a citizen and you're here on a visa to be a student and you're going to one of these hate rallies, should you be deported? I say yes. Is that a violation of the First Amendment? Is that un-American to kick someone out just because they say, I want to kill all the Jews or kill the infidels or have an intifada revolution? So we have a petition to deport Hamas.com. I'm talking about rebel news. We took this truck around Washington, D.C. We took this truck around New York City, and I was in, and we interviewed people. I was impressed that a lot of people said, hey, you got to be careful about the First Amendment. I want to know from Alex Jones, Infowar listeners, where do you draw the line? Because you love that First Amendment— is it something you, and, and as I said a moment ago, freedom of speech is such a curious gift. It's a gift you got to give your enemy if you want it for yourself. You cannot just believe in freedom of speech when it's you who's talking. You got to give it to your opponents. But what if that opponent is a foreign national who is in your country as a guest and he says, I want to kill you. I want to kill the Jews. What was done in Gaza and Israel, I want to replicate here. Everything they did was justified. And by the way, that young lady seemed quite sweet other than what she was saying. That's the kind of girl you see at the coffee shop or something. You think, okay, this is a new Canadian or a new American. What if they say, no, 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 what happened over there we want to do here? we got a bunch of calls. I want to take your calls. I want to see what you have to think. And you tell me, do you support our petition at deporthamas.com? Or do you say, no, 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 I'm libertarian, and you can come here and say death to America and go Hamas all you like. First call is Cameron from Indiana. Cameron, great to have you on the show. Go ahead. What's, what's your view on America and Hamas? So you specifically asked the question what we should do about people using their First Amendment rights to protest for Hamas. My my thoughts on that are, you know, if you're a citizen in this country, you know, go ahead, use your ideology, or, or with this ideology, go ahead and use your First Amendment right and shoot yourself in the foot by warmongering and fueling the globalist agenda if you want to. But, I mean, if you're not a citizen, you should be deported immediately, which should be happening anyway. I think we should have halted deportation a while ago. Um, uh, with you know just being on the verge of World War III, I, I just I really do not think that we should be having anybody come into our country right now. That's just my thoughts. I can lose my job for my political beliefs. You should have to go back. You know, you should have to be deported. You know, you don't want everything for free. So that's my thoughts on it. Thanks, Cameron. I appreciate your call. I mean, I I think there is a moral difference between someone who is a citizen and someone who's on a temporary student visa for the purpose of going to school. It's the difference between someone being in your house. Are they a family member or are they a dinner guest? If they're a family member, you just don't kick them out because they're rude. If they're a dinner guest and they're rude, you kick them out of the house. Is that too facile an analogy? In the United States, you've got that open border that is letting people in by the million. And I tell you, many of them are just coming to make, make a buck 
and and you can understand that and in a way I think you got to respect that but what even though there's breaking the rules but what about people who are coming here for the malign purpose I mean listen I I believe that there should be a border wall I believe America should enforce its rules of law as should Canada as should the United Kingdom and none of those three countries are what I'm telling you is the kind of sneak attack across the Israel border that was done by Gaza do you doubt that the same strategists in Tehran who thought, let's do that. Let's have an asymmetrical war. There's no way we're going to be able to go to war against the USS Eisenhower and the USS Gerald R. Ford and the Ohio-class submarine that just arrived. We are not going to go to war against the F-35 Lightning. We'll lose that battle, but we can cross over in paragliders and pickup trucks, and we'll use a Hamas front group so it's not Iran, and we'll do a devastating blow that way. Do you doubt that the same people who came up with that strategy and trained for it, do you doubt that they've noticed that America has an open back door and that sneaking in amongst people from Latin America, Central America, are people who come to wish America ill. Let's take the next call from Wisconsin. We've got Michael on the line. Go ahead. Okay, we're still getting info from Michael. Let's go ahead to Bart in Georgia. Sorry, I called for the wrong name. Hey, I'm a bit new with that. Go ahead, Bart. Yes, when you're a guest in somebody else's country, you should keep your mouth shut. You have no right to speak. If I went to Thailand and I insult the king, I'm going to prison for 75 years. And I'm going to give you an analogy. Law enforcement doesn't do anything. When you start making threats or talking about killing people, that's not freedom of speech. That is true uh, threat. So they should be arrested and deported. I'm going to give you an analogy here. In the, in the late 70s, there was a Atlanta police officer in a shootout with a bunch of drug dealers, they had automatic weapons, and he had a revolver. He popped one of them, the rest of them ran. Now, I'm not condoning violence. That was self-defense. All right, Bart, thanks for speaking so passionately. We're talking about a concept. Do you deport people who do not have tenure, who are on a student visa? Because a lot of this is happening on the on the universities. I saw a Harvard-Harris poll about two weeks ago showing that 95% of people 65 years and up stand against Hamas. But by the time you get to college days, it's 50-50. And they're not all foreign, obviously, if it's 50-50. That's the woke institutions of our universities that are teaching this critical race theory, this cultural Marxism, which says, destroy everything. As my friend Dr. James Lindsay says, the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. And that's why you see this strange thing. I was in London. I saw this craziest thing. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was at this 100,000-person Hamas protest, and these people walk by with this big flag that says, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. It doesn't just say queers for Palestine. It says queer Jews for Palestine. And I'm thinking that's, you know, that's chickens for Colonel Sanders right there. How does that even make sense? Well, it makes sense is because it's trying to smash the institutions. And and whether you're smashing the institutions through transgender teaching in, in grade school or you're smashing the institutions through violence of Hamas, you're trying to smash the West, smash the institutions, tear everything down, tear down the statues. You notice that, eh? They're tearing down the statues in London just like they tear down the statues in America. All right, we're going to Ken in Illinois who wants to talk about the Trump invitation to Ukraine. What do you make of that? Was it a bad faith invitation, or does he think that Trump might be returning? Hey, good afternoon, sir. Um, I believe it's set up, just like with the ad where they're showing the uh, pheasants or the grouse going in and falling into the hole. I think this is an invitation to come on over. We're not an ally, and we can't be responsible for your safety, so come over to our war zone where... 
can well, get popped and then uh, well that's a good point because of course you know if there was a mishap and god forbid trump were killed wouldn't that be handy for the folks who want to stop him at any price that's a very interesting point ken i appreciate that call hey by the way ken are you going to go to infowarsstore.com oh i've been there okay I've, I've good shopping uh I appreciate that. And no, I'm saying that as a guest host. I'm saying that as a guest host because we got to pay the bill. We got to keep the lights on around here. You can't save the world if you can't pay the rent, as I always say. Ken, it's great to hear from you. We got the next call here from Wayne in Texas talking about terrorism. Wayne, do you agree with the idea of deporting Hamas? Uh, I, I agree with the idea of deporting Hamas. I, I mean, I think even before that, we need to close our borders down. Mm-hmm. We have a serious problem here. You know, recently, at the end of September, there was a bust with a kid that was a member of a gang called 764. And there's a New York Post article from September the 28th that says, in, an inside look at the satanic neo-Nazi pedophile cult that ensnared the New York City man arrested on gun charges. Hmm. Well, this, this 764 gang's connected to uh, a terrorist cell called Order of Nine Angles, which is started by a satanic radical Islamist uh, from Britain named David Mayotte. Well, David Mayotte's also connected to a group called the Nordic Resistance Movement, and that's the Order of Nine Angles by David Mayotte. That's one of their ideologies. Wayne, I'm having trouble keeping up with you. You're throwing so many uh, things at me, but I appreciate your call. We're going to squeeze in one more super quick call. Donna in Texas, go ahead. you got 30 seconds. Oh, 30 seconds. Okay, two points. First, I want to say love your demeanor. I usually don't listen to other guests, but Alex, but your demeanor is just great. Thank my you. first main yes, my first main point is the level of stress the last few weeks is just through the flipping roof. It is a time to get fierce in our faith. And I mean so fierce to make our prayers greater than the problems, make our worship greater than the war in the worries. And I, and From your mouth to God's ears, Donna, we got to take a break, but I appreciate your call. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MechTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. Your voice counts. When you share information, be it over the internet or in person, it changes the world. The globalists know their agenda is unpopular. They know you're angry. And now to get around big tech, it's more important than ever that we use every tool we've got. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you sign up for our free news and show alerts, you can then take those alerts, those articles, and those live feeds 
both the regular shows and special reports, and share them with everyone you know. Take action now by texting the word NEWS, N-E-W-S, to 833-470-0438. That's 833-470-0438 for InfoWars emergency news alerts. Or text the word SHOW to 833-470-0438 and receive live show notifications. Take action now, create the chain reaction, and tell others to share those texts. Get news alerts at 833-470-0438. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Welcome back. My name is Ezra Levant. What an honor to be asked to sit in this enormous chair in this enormous studio with this enormous reach to talk about these enormous issues. I hope I'm living up to your expectations, but I have a lot to learn. But I'm enjoying these phone calls, I'll tell you that. Great listeners, motivated, passionate. Hey, I want to show you something from my hometown of Toronto because uh, I'm Jewish. And so I I learned about the Holocaust when I went to school. And one of the things I learned about was an anti-Semitic boycott they did in Germany. There were were a lot of Jews in Germany. And when Hitler was ascending, he had his brown shirts on the street, stand outside Jewish stores with signs in German saying, boycott the Jews, don't buy from Jews. And I don't know if you can find, there's there's a lot of images of it. And and, uh, it's sort of terrifying from the old time pictures from the 30s. Yeah, these ones right here. Deutsche, kauf nicht bei Juden. I'm not sure if my accent's right. That basically says Germans don't buy from Jews. And you can see there's a little sign there that says NJ or N Israel or something, clearly a Jewish store. And um, that would be terrifying. They're posting things on windows that looks like a Jewish department store. That's terrifying. And of course, it was a premonition of things to come. Let me show you a video from Toronto, Canada, my hometown. There's a restaurant called Aroma that is Jewish-themed, like they have Jewish food. It's, it's just a restaurant in Toronto. The staff are multiracial, multiethnic. It's not just for Jews. But some of these pro-Hamas protesters saw this restaurant, knew it was Jewish, and they filmed themselves, a mob outside screaming at them, and putting stickers on the window, very reminiscent of that Kauf nicht bei Juden, forgive my accent, from uh, 90 years ago. Take a look at this clip from Toronto, Canada. Take a look. Why? Why? Did, did Aroma have a foreign policy statement that they're opposed to? Did Aroma dispatch some military equipment? Aroma is just a restaurant. It's an espresso bar that makes sandwiches. There is only one reason they're doing that, because it's Jewish. It's visibly Jewish. And, and for all the talk about, oh, no, no, we're just against this policy by the state of Israel. No, 
Those are anti-Semites, I'm sorry to say. And the reason I say it is because of this conundrum I put to you, this paradox, this tough question. We love freedom of speech. It's what makes us different from other places. It's a stronger way to live. But what happens if you have... Yeah, look at this. This is a picture from Canada's Parliament. There's swastika. I remember during the trucker convoy, the freak out. They, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show in the final hour. I'm going to tell you some Canada stories about how when this trucker convoy, I don't know if you remember, in February 2022, Canada had a very harsh lockdown. In fact, if you were not jabbed, you couldn't even get on an airplane, even within the country. You could not get in on a train. I couldn't travel. And you could drive your car, but Canada is the second largest country in the world. You can't just drive around. So it was basically a no-fly list that Trudeau brought in for the unvaxxed. And then he applied it to truckers, truckers being the most isolated people other than maybe a lighthouse keeper. Like, seriously, you're in the back of the truck. You're in the front cab of the truck. It's a solitary job. Imagine saying to them they had to be vaxxed or they couldn't work. So these truckers had this convoy, peaceful, went to Ottawa, honked their horns. Trudeau called them, implied that they were Nazis, said they were racist. Trudeau actually, in the end, invoked martial law, seized over 200 bank accounts, through the leader, and we'll talk about this in the third hour, through the leader in prison for 49 days, reminiscent to the political prisoner Owen Schroyer, who we should bear in mind, is being treated as he is absolutely a political prisoner, I should say. Look at the um, martial law deployed for some peaceful truckers, and yet we have people chanting death to the Jews, Intifada revolution, final solution. Blocking roads in ways the truckers didn't even. I think it's a double standard. I want to take a couple more calls. Robert from Colorado. Go ahead, Robert. Uh, Firstly, I'd like to say uh, I have a great deal of respect for you, given everything that Rebel News has done. I actually stumbled across you from watching Avi Yemeni uh, reporting on Australia's lockdowns over the last few years but um there's been a an element of the border cro- of the border situation that i've kind of been nagging at me and i think i figured out what's going on <clears throat> so we've had all of these military age men coming into the united states and the argument has been you know they're going to be the ones that are enforcing on us i think what's going to happen first is they're going to be used uh, they're going to be drafted in exchange for citizenship in the United States to supply the military with the necessary bodies for the meat grinder that's mm. going to come, at which point you have a trained, coordinated group of non-American citizens that they will bring back and hire into law enforcement to use to enforce their dictatorial edicts upon us very interesting thank you very much robert by the way have you gone to infowarsstore.com lately you know they got that big sale on right now we'll talk to you more i think we moved on i got two minutes left before the break at the bottom of the hour we're going to talk to my colleague in canada to talk about an atrocious thing going on they call it they gave it a new name made Medical assistance in dying. They used to call it doctor-assisted suicide. That sounded too ugly. They called it euthanasia. That sounded too Nazi-like, frankly. In Canada, they call it medical assistance in dying. It's now the number two cause of death in Canada. Well, shocking news for you at the bottom of the hour. 
But I, I heard that point that our last caller made, and um, it is not a coincidence. It is not, in my mind, unintended that in Canada and the United States and the United Kingdom, vaccine mandates were imposed on many police departments and the military because it purged from those institutions independent thinking, privacy-oriented, freedom-oriented men. And if you want to destroy and transform the police or the military, you have to do that. You have to, because those are essentially conservative institutions led by outstanding men who think and believe and are very thoughtful, especially at the higher level, you know, at the more intricate level, special operations forces. And how do you get rid of that culture from the military? You say, get a jab or you're done. Thousands and thousands of soldiers in Canada, United States, UK, purged. Why? Don't tell me it's an accident. Don't tell me that's an unintended consequence. That was absolutely intended. It was a punishment. And it was a replacement. When we come back, we'll talk to my friend Sheila Gunn-Reed about medical assistance in dying, government-sanctioned killing in Canada. That's next. So many people say to me, Alex, please stop being so negative. Well, for me, admitting I've gotten a rotten tooth and going in a root canal is not negative. It hurts. It stinks. It's got pus coming out of it. I go to the doctor, they fix it. That's not negative. I'm not living in denial. And so think of globalism as being hidden as an infection that we didn't feel yet, but now it's come to the surface. That's actually a positive thing. And so, yeah, Trump did overall a great job. They stole the election. We can't get down about that. We have forced them out in the open. So now they're trying to suppress us because they know they've been exposed. They're scared. That's why instead of saying, oh, we're a bunch of losers, look what happened. No, we're a bunch of winners. They're trying to suppress us. Let our light of truth shine and tell everybody what's happening. Your own website, your own show, my show, other articles, other videos. Just keep sharing however you can and realize we're in an information war. We're going to win this together. And the fight starts at InfoWars.com. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. We interrupt this broadcast with a special report from the front lines of the info war. Attempts have been made to neutralize the info warrior known as Alex Jones. Countless attacks have been witnessed and reported in an effort to bring him down. Alex Jones has been sighted on the battlefield fighting against the forces of evil. We're not going to go down and just shut our mouths and just put up with this. We know where the bodies are buried, folks, and one way or another, we're going to stay on air. We're receiving reports that Alex Jones has broken through the front lines and is now heading toward the broadcast studio. All efforts to silence him have failed. Emerging victorious against the New World Order, here's your host, Alex Jones. Find the InfoWars transmission at InfoWars.com forward slash show. If you're receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. Ezra Levan is my name. RebelNews.com is the company that I am proud to lead. And joining us now from Edmonton, Alberta, 
is our chief reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed, who has led our coverage of an atrocious phenomenon that I want to warn Americans about. I mentioned earlier that because I'm Canadian, I have a slightly different take on American affairs, and you'll correct my errors, but I also want to bring with you cautionary tales, because Canada is so very much like the United States. We speak English like you do. We listen to the same music. We drive the same cars. We eat the same food. We There's so many similarities, but we are, I suppose we are what would happen if Gavin Newsom became president, because we have our own shiny pony, as I used to call him, Justin Trudeau, a kind of Gavin Newsom, a dumber Gavin Newsom is our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, was saying we're going to talk more about him. But it's not just laughing, because terrible things have happened. And one of them is called MAID, M-A-I-D, which is the new acronym that they've made up, Medical Assistance in Dying, because the old words were discredited. So they threw them out and got a new word. And Sheila has been covering this story. And I want to tell Americans about it. Sheila, thanks very much for joining me down here at InfoWars World Headquarters. Nice to see you from up in Canada. I'll be home tomorrow. You know, thanks for having me on the show. I'm a connoisseur of InfoWars, and I think you're doing a great job hosting, boss. Well, thanks very much. You know, I got big shoes to fill. Now, Sheila, you've been covering this story, and and I found out that, and and I'm sure this number is underreported, that 4% of all deaths in Canada now are from medical assistance in dying. In other words, government saying we are going to off this person, but I I am certain in my bones that's underreported. Here's why. I saw the guidance from the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons, which told doctors in the certificate of death, do not put medical assistance in dying. Do not put assisted suicide. Do not put euthanasia or any bad words. Put the underlying complaint that called the person to be killed. So if they uh, were depressed if they uh, were in pain, put that as the cause of death. Do not say that we killed them. So I think that the number is most likely a, a lot higher. Sheila, take it away. Tell our American friends what is happening north of the border and what they should be worried about coming south. You know, they really should be worried because a lot of people were warning about the slippery slope when medical assistance in dying, as they like to call it in Canada, was first authorized here. It's euthanizing the inconvenient or the chronically ill at this point in Canada. And when I say inconvenient, I really do mean that. These are not sick people. Ezra is right to point out that the numbers are underreported because of the reasons he just mentioned. But even so, the numbers are absolutely atrocious and escalating. So in between 2016 and 2021, 32,000 Canadians were euthanized at the hands of the state. But the acceleration of this is impossible to gauge. So the most recent numbers we have are from 2021. So a full one third of all those euthanized by the state between 2016 and 2021 that occurred in 2021, so, so over 10,000. And by the way, it's, I mean, just for American listeners, Canada has one-tenth the population in the United States, roughly right. speaking. So times this by 10, so that's 300,000. This is, yeah. I mean, this is coming up to the number of babies aborted, if you're, if you're talking about another uh, 
intervention that causes a loss of life. Sheila, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to put that in perspective for Americans. Those 30-plus thousand is enormous, but that's a country one-tenth the size of America. Keep going. Yes. Uh, So to scale it up, that's 100,000 people to scale up to American numbers in 2021 alone. That's the size of a small city euthanized at the hands of the state. And it's only going to get worse because very recently the the government has removed the 10-day wait period for a lot of people who are accessing suicide at the hands of the state. You no longer have to be uh, imminently ill. Uh, You no longer have to be fatally ill. Your death does not have to be imminent. Um, And the state of the Canadian healthcare system is actually a reason why you can access medical assistance in dying. One of the criteria is that you experience unbearable physical or mental suffering from your illness, disease, disability, or state of decline that cannot be relieved under conditions that you consider acceptable. Now, in Canada, we have rationed health care. We're chronically in a state of dissatisfaction with the healthcare system. And that now is the reason why you can access medical assistance in dying. And it is showing up in the circumstances of the people who are accessing this. So just in the last year alone, we've seen up to nine veterans who are dissatisfied with the care they're receiving from Veterans Affairs, including a paraplegic Paralympian named Christine Gauthier being offered medical assistance in dying at the hands of the state. Uh, We've seen somebody with diabetes receiving medical assistance in dying. Uh, Eating disorder, rather than getting treatment for their eating disorder, they just access medical assistance in dying. We've seen old people who were unwilling to go back into COVID lockdown access medical assistance in dying. People who are chronically homeless now accessing medical assistance in dying. And in just five short months, I think we'll be changing what we call the suicide hotlines here in Canada because people who are mentally ill can access medical assistance in dying. And I want to be clear, it does not have to be done at the hands of a doctor. It just has to be a medical professional. You can get a nurse practitioner to do this, a pharmacist. And so a veteran now in Canada experiencing an acute PTSD episode can call up their doctor and receive medical assistance in dying instead of the care they need and deserve. You know, it's atrocious, and that's the thing, and, and this is a warning I have for Americans. Oh, uh, Canadian healthcare, it's wonderful. It's, uh, there's no, it's free. Well, first of all, enormous waiting lists. So, yeah, free access to a waiting list. But, but look at the incentives that come in. If the government is on the hook for a costly treatment, oh, hey, have you ever considered suicide? And, of course, Canada is the same fiscal mess that America has. So all the instances you talk about, it is a state that has dehumanized people saying, look, this is going to be really ex-. And we showed, we flashed on the screen there about the veterans. Imagine that. A, veter- a, a soldier goes over, Canada deployed thousands of troops to Afghanistan. Some of them have come back with PTSD. And imagine being told by Veteran Affairs, hey, have you thought of killing yourself? Absolutely atrocious. Sheila, I'm so glad that you're on this beat. Interestingly, American media have covered it in some ways more than Canadian media. We only have 30 seconds left, Sheila, but why don't you talk about that? Because the Canadian media is so dominated by the regime-subsidized reporters that this is something that's sort of sweeping under the rug. Go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, you're exactly right when you point out to why this is happening. The media in Canada is funded by and large by Justin Trudeau. And because they are funded by and large by Justin Trudeau, they become guards keepers of Justin Trudeau's narrative. And right now, the narrative in Canada coming from the federal government is that it could one day be your civic duty to just drop dead. And the Canadian media seem to be completely fine with this. But a lot of my appearances on this topic, which is near and dear to my heart, have been from outside of Canada. Uh, Newsba- Newsmax, Fox News, Infowars, um, because... I, I, we got to run, my friend. Great to see you. Sheila Gunnery, Chief Reporter of Rebel News. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad... We finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Please uh, remember... We are listener-supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting, nootropic, back in stock. 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. InfoWarsStore.com. Or 888-253-3139. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Welcome back, everybody. As Levant sitting in for the great Alex Jones, what a pleasure to be here. We were just talking with my friend Sheila Dunn-Reed, chief reporter at Rebel News, talking about what do you think of that acronym? I hate all these deceptive euphemisms, and that's why they're chosen. Medical assistance in dying—that just sounds—that sounds so comfortable and relaxing, and just lie down and we'll take care of things. And as you heard from Sheila, I don't, I, uh, it doesn't even have to be a doctor; it could be a pharmacist. Can you imagine that? And they'll come to your house, by the way. In Canada, healthcare is notoriously slow. There's months-long waiting lines, but they will send the doctor death to your house to take care of things because, well, that's just one last person in the waiting list, isn't it? And it'll save some money. The most atrocious thing is that they do this to veterans who are suffering PTSD. And as Sheila mentioned, it's no longer a requirement that you actually 
being an insoluble medical problem that's terminal. If you're depressed, imagine if you're depressed and you reach out and one of the answers is, well, we can take care of that by killing you. Well, I think that'll make you more depressed. How atrocious, atrocious isn't that? And I wanted to tell you about that because I wanted to tell you some of the things that's happening in Canada. At the top of the hour, we're going to talk to another rebel news journalist in Canada, my friend David Menzies, who has made one of his specialties tracking the insanity of transgenderism. I know that's a big thing in the United States. I've seen it, especially in sports competitions where men who can't cut it in the men's league rebrand themselves as trans women and go in and crush the ladies. It's bad sportsmanship. It's cheating. It's abusive, of course, and it destroys the golden age of women in sport. You know, 100 years ago, there really wasn't any women in sport. Women running the Boston Marathon, that's only 50 or so years old. Like The the idea of women's sports was not a thing, and now it is being destroyed again. But that's just the least of it. Uh, But David, who we'll talk to at 1 o'clock Central Time in about 10 minutes, will tell us some crazy stories, and it'll be some videotape. Uh, of them too, so that's ahead. But I want to take a few more calls. Sarah has been waiting patiently. Let's go to Sarah from Texas. Go ahead. Hi, Ezra. I wanted to first say how much I really admire your uh, your work, especially in Davos. Um, I've, I'm not a rich person, but I'd send you five hundred dollars. Oh that my one. gosh! So. Thank you very much. You know, that was one of the most exciting journalistic moments of my life. In fact, we'll get the video up where my colleague Avi and I encountered the president of Pfizer and we knew we only had a few minutes with him. Anyhow, we'll play that video in a moment. Thanks for the compliment, Sarah. And thanks for helping to crowdfund us. Uh, Anyhow, back to you, you were saying. So my question is, um, when I, when uh, we talk about Israel, I think it's very important that we distinguish the Israeli government from the Israeli people. When we talk about any country, China, any, any country, we should, we should do that. Um, my question is, do you, does it frighten you, some of the totalitarianism that has taken root in from the Israeli government, the forcing of the shot, the fact that, you know, it was almost impossible for them to have guns to protect themselves, things like that. Does that worry you? Absolutely, it does. I, I, I have an ethnic connection to Israel. I'm Jewish, although I'm Canadian fourth generation. I love Canada. It's my home. It's, it's the only place I've ever lived, the only place I ever will live. I have an affection uh, for Israel and a sympathy for it, uh, including that it's a liberal democracy in a place surrounded by dictatorships. It's the same feeling of affinity I feel for Taiwan for, the, for similar reasons. But I am able to observe what you have observed. And the way Netanyahu embraced mandatory jabs so Viciously, I would say, it was shocking. And and it, it, I was appalled by it. And it is a fact that many of the people who were slaughtered in southern Israel on October 7th did not have firearms. And Israel has a mighty military, uh, although that day it was obviously caught flat-footed and we'll have to understand why. But I agree with what you said. The two things you pointed out are disasters. The forced jab, and I, and I don't know... I don't know the thinking behind that. I, uh, it, it grossed me out, to be honest. And so I agree with the two points you've made, Sarah, and I, I appreciate you mentioning them, and I, and I appreciate your support for Rebel News. And I'm, I'm going to invite my friends uh, in the control room here to dig up that Pfizer video 
because I got a real kick out of that. Thank you for your call. There's a similar call. There's some other calls like that. Um, let's go to, um, is that Tove in Ontario? That's my home province. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Ezra. Uh, yes, um, I live three and a half hours southwest of you. In fact, my father was at your wedding, or at least at the synagogue for the ceremony. <laughs> well, that's a small world after all. Go ahead. What's your question? Well, here, here's the way I look at it, right? I look at it that, uh, as far as Israel is concerned, I don't trust Netanyahu. I remember what he said after 9-11. kind of had to self-correct when he said it was kind of a good thing. I think, I think he's part of the plot, uh, honestly, with the whole Pfizer thing, with not being aware of this whole uh, uh, raid, or not raid, but the attack that happened four weeks ago. And I also think that a lot of people don't understand or appreciate how the Arabs in that area became known as the Palestinians, and also where the land comes from. For instance, the West Bank, its original name is Judea Samaria. Now, I don't know if it's, if that's not Jewish, I don't know what it is, with the word Judea in it. But anyway, that's for another discussion, uh, but I know it's highly heated. But I want to also do the 10,000 meter, uh, for us Canadians, point of view, is the fact that, do you, I'm going to ask you this, do you think that all these events, especially the timing, the 50 years almost to the day, uh, the, the passion, the heated passion between the Arab and the Jew and the Muslim, that this is being done on purpose to... Uh, Bring apart, bring along a, a third world war. Thanks, Tova. You said a lot of interesting things there. It was uh, almost fifty years to the day of the uh, Yom Kippur War when Arab nations had a sneak attack on Israel on a Jewish holiday, and that's what happened here again. And it's astonishing that Israel, which is known for its Mossad and its intelligence, was caught flat-footed. And I think uh, that it is a larger failure than the failure of 9-11 intelligence, because Israel should have been on guard, was on guard, knew they had to be on guard, knew that was a terrorist source. So it wasn't like 9-11, which was kind of a black swan, unthinkable until it happened. This is something that Israel's military and security agencies knew could have happened, would have happened, had happened. So I think that an enormous uh, amount of introspection and inquiry needs to be done. That's not the most urgent thing that needs to be done, but it must be done. Um, I don't know what you're referring to uh, about uh, Netanyahu at 9-11. I, um, I think that um, there may have been a complacency. Let me give you one quick example before I move on to the next subject. The Iron Dome system that would shoot down so many of these rockets, maybe it lulled Israel into a sense of security and superiority and confidence and overconfidence thinking, oh, we can handle it. They'll send some rockets, but we'll knock them down. No big deal. They weren't thinking of that black swan, that that creative, in a horrific way, solution and that, that, that Hamas took. And that was my warning that I made earlier, that asymmetrical attack. Like those, I mean, Israel withdrew from Gaza in 2005 and it built the walls and it built the systems and that Hamas and its Iranian paymasters, they were not static. They didn't just say, okay, well, that's it. They thought, well, we can't, let, let, let us think of some asymmetrical, unexpected ways around it. 
And that was devastating. It was proportionately a greater disaster for Israel than 9-11 was for America in terms of body count, et cetera. And so I would say to America, what do you think those asymmetrical strategists in Iran and in China for that matter think when they see the under, unprotected, unguarded, unfenced southern border? In Israel, they had to smash through the wall to get in. There isn't even a wall for much of the southern border. And amongst the millions who have crossed, do you doubt that there are thousands who come for that malign purpose? Everyone's coming in breaking the law. Most of that is just a, is an immigration crime and perhaps an economic matter and eventually a vote Democrat matter. But do you really think that the nefarious strategists in Tehran who are looking for an asymmetrical way to attack the United States, knowing that if they go head-to-head with the military, it will be a failure, do you doubt that they look at that southern border and say, that is our sneak attack path. And just like Hamas attacked the soft targets, once they got through the border, they went house to house. Do you doubt that an attack on America wouldn't be asymmetrical surrogates and proxies attacking soft targets? Maybe timed with a hack on the, on the power grid too, or the air traffic control grid. We'll be back in a moment with more on InfoWars. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products. And for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now.